tiki tacker as common. Xavi and Iniesta tipping the ball back and forth. Galway are a lot further ahead than Roscommon at this. But Roscommon, as Jer said, are going to do damage in this championship. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. This is News Talk. Welcome along. Will with you here for Thursday's Off The Ball. Plenty on the show between now and 10pm. John Giles is going to join us around about half past seven to talk about Manchester City's victory, which sealed the treble. He's also going to be remembering his late Leeds teammate Gordon McQueen. They won the Division 1 title together and Gordon was also crucial in the year that Leeds got to the European final. Keen Tracy's with us. A lot of rugby news over the last week, including John Klain uh, potentially playing for the Springboks in the Rugby Championship. What that can do for his future at Munster if he was to become non-Irish qualified. And also the potential for La Rochelle to win their first French title, which would be a top 14 and Champions Cup double. And we'll also be looking forward to the two best teams in cricket at the moment. England against Australia in the Ashes, with England hoping to win the series for the first time since 2015. We're also looking ahead to tomorrow's Euro qualifier between Greece and the Republic of Ireland. Delighted to say, first of all, I believe Nathan Murphy is out and about in downtown Athens. Nathan, how are you? How's it going, lads? Um, you couldn't stay in the stadium, get a nice seat for us. You had to go somewhere more atmospheric, did you? Well, exactly. I'm actually uh, sitting right outside the stadium. They were just kicking us out of the press box, so I thought I wouldn't take my chances. And actually, I took the best option, sitting in a little cafe. It's a cracking area around the stadium here in Athens. It's a beautiful, beautiful stadium, the AEK Athens Stadium. Holds around 32,000. There's loads of little cafes around it, loads of little bars. There's a church there as well if you need a few last-minute prayers ahead of the game tomorrow. And it's a nice balmy 26 degrees. Not quite as hot as maybe people were expecting. I would say it was actually hotter in Dublin yesterday than it was in Athens today, but it's quite a bit more humid here. It's been very cloudy all day, and they're expecting something similar tomorrow. So the warm weather camp they've been on for the last 10 days will be beneficial. But I don't think the weather is going to really play a big part. Richie McCormick is with us as well. It sounds like all the good junkets, Richie, for these guys. So Dan McDonald was telling us yesterday, a taxi driver was driving him around. He was going to the Acropolis. He was seeing all the sights. And now Nathan Murphy is reviewing cafes outside the AK Athens Stadium. He's just one cappuccino short of becoming James, James Richardson there. I'm, uh, I'm very, very jealous. Uh, I'm, presuming, it's, it's I'm presuming you're positioning there, Nathan. One glass of red wine. Well, you know, uh, I'm presuming your positioning is something to do with the fact you're still linked to the free stadium Wi-Fi there, is it? I, I Well, I just thought of that there. I was thinking this is actually very, very clear right now. So, yeah, uh, yeah listen, it's something a little bit different. As you can see, there's a, there's a cafe, there's a little chocolate bar just to my right. Then there's a casino straight in. Right directly behind me there is actually a casino. There's a bowling alley. There's a bar. So if you want to come early tomorrow, if you're coming to Athens for the game, get out here early. Spend a bit of time out here. Have you bumped into many Irish fans so far? Because I know there was lads from Wexford and lads from Leash who've been there all week. Um, they actually headed over, I think, on Monday or Tuesday and made a complete week out of this. Have you bumped into many Irish fans in the streets so far? Well, it's funny. I was on a 6 a.m. flight from Dublin this morning, and usually the flight the day before the Ireland game is 99.9% Irish supporters, green jerseys, the same familiar faces who are just the most dedicated punch of supporters you could find. They travel to every single away game. This morning was kind of different. It was actually, I would say, 70% holidaymakers who were coming to Athens, flying in, and then heading out to the islands. There was some Irish supporters there, but certainly not the usual, because I think a lot of them have done exactly what you said. They've come early 
athlete they're going to make a holiday out of this they're going to make a week out of this and they're going to be able to make themselves heard tomorrow because there's been a bit of confusion about what sort of crowd is going to be here tomorrow night Stephen Kenny came into his press conference just about an hour and 90 minutes ago and spoke about the cauldron like atmosphere and my taxi driver on the way out was talking about he's an AK Athens fan how much he loves this stadium and the atmosphere it's going to create tomorrow night but it turns out actually there's only around 10,000 tickets sold and about 3,000 of those are gone to Irish fans that there's a real sense of doom and gloom around Greek football they're not totally bought into what's happening right now they've changed stadiums so this is going to be the first ever competitive international that's played at this stadium they played Lithuania in a scoreless draw and there's just no great buzz around the Greek national team at the moment so rather than actually what Stephen Kenny expected which was to be coming into a crowd of 32,000 with a game kicking off at near 10 o'clock tomorrow night local time on a Saturday night you think it's going to be pretty raucous pretty rocking actually it's going to be a fairly tame atmosphere and you would expect that Irish crowd will probably be able to uh, make it 50-50 in terms of noise and support I wonder if that disinterest Nathan is somewhat down to the fact that Greece already know because of their Nations League C campaign there's a playoff at the end of all this they're probably not going to qualify out of a group with the Netherlands and France in it so in many ways they know that their route into the Euros is already kind of partly there or is this down to the fact that they're dissatisfied with the type of football they've been playing under Gus Poyet? Well Gus Poyet is not here that long and I think Gus Poyet is trying to get them through a quick period of transition knowing that that playoff is coming no matter what happens in this group so they're in a far more favourable position than the Republic of Ireland whereas when you look at the Nations League and let's not get complicated with it uh, it's not quite as straightforward as it was the last time for Ireland in terms of the playoff they need a few more things to go in their favour so I've no doubt that that certainly is a part of this Gus Poyet in his press conference said this is a must win for both games if they're to qualify that if you want to finish inside the top two you've got to probably go and beat Gibraltar twice and beat in Greece's case Ireland twice or in Ireland's case Greece twice if you want to have any chance of getting in ahead of well we'd have to say the Netherlands because France are going to go in and win this group so like their style of football it's not what it was in 2004 they'll probably dominate possession they'll certainly look to dominate possession uh, tomorrow night and to get on the ball there is a lot of quality a sprinkling throughout the team of well-known players uh, the obvious one is Costa Simicat who's going to play left back George Baldock uh, who was up for the cafe is starting to cut off his wife on here that's unfortunate Richie but we'll get Nathan back the price you pay it's the price you pay Will well if you're not paying enough for the cappuccino they don't give you good wi-fi I reckon someone it's in the stadium Nathan doesn't tip well yeah has now literally just hit the switch and he's going to have to yeah. go on to 5G which I'm sure is going to break him well look Richie talk to us about the Netherlands last night because you were watching the oh. Nations League semi-final between Croatia yeah. and the Netherlands which at one point when I got home yeah. I flicked it on yeah. Vout Veghorst and Virgil van Dijk were up front at the same time they were indeed they played the whole second half of extra time with Veghorst and Virgil van Dijk as their twin target men up front and Frankie de Jong was a makeshift centre half um, now by the time we get around to playing the Dutch you would presume they'll have their house slightly more in order and this is a sense of end of the season everybody just wants to be on holiday this competition's not really consequential for them yada 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 but 
this follows on from a really poor performance against France um, where they conceded a half full of goals they obviously beat Gibraltar uh, didn't look good at all last night the people might look at the Virgil van Dijk thing up front in the second half of extra time and think that that was a microcosm of the game it wasn't necessarily but they were hoofing it long from I think pretty much early in the second half and not necessarily with a big man up front um, it's a pretty directionless Dutch side at the moment and I don't know watching them last night there is a sense that you, you could go I'm not saying we could beat them home and away but there's definitely a sense that we could go unbeaten against them across our two games if we do have uh, ourselves together and if we put our best foot forward in both games and, and basically have one of those minute one to minute 90 performances where everything does go right for us you could go unbeaten against them because under Ronald Koeman they're not going anywhere No the sense I got as well Rich was the ideal time to play them it's unfortunate the way they were in the Nations League semi-finals because yeah. if Ireland had got the chance to play them you know in the first round of fixtures when they had all the virus issues and there were so many players missing or now when they look a bit of a rabble even at the end of the season that would have been I think a better time to play them than in the autumn yeah no it definitely would getting them now would have been absolutely ideal and they will uh, I think there's a third place playoff in this competition on Sunday afternoon um, where they're going to play the losers of tonight's semi-final and they will have zero interest in that and who knows maybe the, the heat will start turning up on, on Gus Ireland Gus Wyatt I was going to say uh, Gus Hiddink uh, but on, on uh, Ronald Koeman again and they might have a change of manager I would doubt it but they they are still a team that you know Virgil van Dijk for Holland he's been called out in the past recent past by Ruud Hullet and Mar- uh, Marco van Basten about his performances in an orange slash last night blue jersey and they haven't been good they, they just haven't they've kind of taken the worst elements of what he's done for Liverpool in the past 12 months and seen like they've been magnified almost in a, in a Dutch jersey um, they're gettable uh, they're gettable I don't think second spot for them in the group is by any means a, a fait accompli no and again we'd look at Modric in fantastic form 37 years of age still floating across the pitch in extra time and he's got at least one more season left at Real Madrid a new uh, partner in midfield with Jude Bellingham now as well uh, yeah. Frank and Dingle in contact on 53106 is Nathan Murphy the new Owen Shane I would say Owen is far more reliable than Nathan I'm not sure if that moniker is deserved Richie he hasn't uh, earned it yeah, no, I, 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 there's, there's less of a wild card element, I think, to, to Nathan and the uh, content that might come back from Athens over the course of the next 36 hours, uh, to say the least. Uh, and plus, I don't think he's going to be on the local version of the Greek, you know, Athens local news, uh, looking for his, his Uber and opining on the state of Greek football at three in the morning. Don't rule it out just yet. The newsroom, no. by the way, is an association with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shaver, your money back. Neon Night Edition is available now. Um, we will get Nathan back eventually uh, the tip will be you know switch off the stadium Wi-Fi at this stage Nathan yeah. and he might rejoin us he will be back later in the show uh, with Gavin Cooney from the stadium as well to look forward to tomorrow's game uh, but the Republic of Ireland squad training in the Greek capital today yeah and they were in that 32,000 capacity OPAP arena this evening finalising preparations for tomorrow evening's Euro 2024 qualifier with Greece and the Greek head coach Gus Poyet as Nathan alluded to there believes both sides need a win tomorrow night to stand any hope of finishing in the groups top two. I think you need to be realistic and that's why it's a FIFA ranking and that's why it's teams that are performing in a certain way and that's why they are teams that they have uh, all their squad playing in the big five countries in, in Europe. Uh, so uh, the rest we need to try to grab somehow. 
And I understand George's opinion, which is spectacular from his point of view. He wants to be in the same level of concentration. But in reality, for both of us, if, if we don't win tomorrow, it's going to be very difficult to, to be able to finish second. I think it's a, it's a must win for both teams. That brings a little bit of you know, special situation for the game so early in the group. Obviously, if you go and you beat France and you beat uh, Holland, <laughs> it won't matter. But realistically, for both national teams, this is a very important game. Uh, two recurring themes as well, Richie. I was watching yeah. at the press conference earlier. So we got right till the very end when one of the local journalists asked him about the British style of football that Ireland play. And you can almost feel the Kill Bill music as that question comes out. <laughs> and the other one Lovely. is he's asked to talk up Evan Ferguson, which I think every opposing yeah. manager is going to have to do between now and the end of time. Yeah, and he has a bit of a special angle on this, obviously, given that Poyet was a, a former Brighton manager, not when, when Ferguson was there per se, but he knows the club and he knows the environments that is... Uh, looking after Evan Ferguson in what are still his formative years as, as a professional footballer and I think he, he spoke pretty well of that that he couldn't be in a better place regards his development and that already and this is something that Stephen Kenny uh, said as well that he, he's he's progressed far beyond where anybody thought he would be by 18 years of age and they know that he is going to be our main outlet tomorrow night I think from our point of view it's it's getting the correct ball to him and utilising him correctly and making sure that he's not an isolated target man up front away from home, which is what so many Irish strikers have been down through the years. I'm informed that like a 1980s commentary from Europe, Nathan Murphy has joined us on the phone line now, I believe. Nathan, how are you getting on? Did we miss anything? Ah, look. Just me waffling. Yeah, me and Richie having a chat about the game and what Poyet had to say a little bit earlier on today. And we were just saying he's been asked about Evan Ferguson and pretty much every other manager in this group and probably for a few groups to come. The first question I would say for many of the uh, Irish press pack is likely to be, how good is Evan Ferguson? Yeah, and I think it's interesting and will be interesting to see how they use him tomorrow night, as Richie was just alluding to there. I was asking Gavin Cooney about this, and we'll play it out later on. Is Evan Ferguson already at a level that Stephen Kenny, having had two weeks with this group consistently on the training ground, that actually he's building his attacking system now around Evan Ferguson? So we sort of know the way Ireland have played, and it has depended on personnel, whether he's gone with Obafemi and Parrott, or as he did the last time with Ogbene and Knight, of Evan Ferguson is Ferguson now at a stage already in this Irish team in his third cap where he's looking at that front three and going well which two of you are going to bring the best out of him and which two of you are going to link up with him well enough that we can get him into positions that he can be dangerous that he can score goals in this is going to be very different you would expect it's as as much as Greece will want to get on the ball they're not going to dominate possession anywhere near to the extent that they did uh, like France and Gus Poya alluded to that as well said it's going to be a very different Ireland that we see so there will be more opportunities there will be more chances for Ferguson to actually get in on the shoulder of the defenders not just dropping deep adding himself into the midfield and then show the skill set that he showed for Brighton he's got such a wide variety of goals can no doubt uh, if he's playing on the left can Doherty on the right get the crosses in we know how lethal he is in the air there's so many opportunities to bring him into the game and I think Kenny would be very well served setting up that front three in a way that means Ferguson doesn't have to do as much of the donkey work and that can actually get on the front foot and be creative 
afraid of and have a few chances take a few shots get himself in positions for set pieces for headers for all of that sort of stuff and just kick on to another level uh, with the international team as well because it's it's all there from midfields What do you reckon Rich? I mean this is the one big selection call for tomorrow night really is who supports him and whether that there's probably a load of different options there's Obafemi's pace there's maybe Adam Ida's another player to stick the ball uh, potentially Will Smallbone could play just indirectly behind Evan Ferguson what way do you think Stephen Kenny's going to go? I, I, I think it'll be conservative is probably the wrong word but there'll certainly be a sense of, of feeling that it's this out and making sure that we're not behind within an hour of the, of the game starting um, I, like, I, the Albany absence is kind of like the wild card in all this because I think everybody would have presumed that Ferguson is going to lead the line given his form and regardless of the, the, the paucity of caps that he's had so far that he is going to be that front man um, it, it's Albany not being there is, is the real surprise here and Abafemi's struggle for form I guess over the last 12 months or nine months of the season because obviously he had his own uh, misfortunes at Swansea and fell out of favour and was looking for a move away I personally like I'd love to see Will Smallbone given another chance but I don't know if tomorrow night's the environment for him similarly Mikey Johnson's probably someone uh, that will come off the bench I think he'll probably stick with what he knows I think it is the the one area it is crucial and it, it is the one area Richie isn't it that attacking side of it that he's just had no consistency with at all like Adamita was the yeah. one and Adamita hasn't featured for the last 18 months because of injury now there's I think he trained and he was training fully there in the last hour and he should be fine there were some niggles earlier in the week so maybe that might rule him out of starting but he was the one then this time last year remember was the time of the Scotland game where we're looking at Parrot and Obafemi and their brilliant link up play in that game and thinking oh these two could be the two that lead us for the next five years and now all of them are forgotten about uh, none of them even reaching their mid-twenties yet and it's all about building around Evan Ferguson and I don't think we know yet what that part like is it a partnership is there going to be a ferguson Obafemi partnership or a ferguson Parrot partnership or a ferguson Eda partnership at some stage or is it actually going to be those three maybe losing out a little bit because he goes with two more attacking midfielders rather than another striker alongside Ferguson you take away from home that probably is that little bit more likely likely tomorrow that it is a extra Mikey Johnson who brings that bit of trickery to it or maybe a Will Smallbone who can drop that little bit deeper as well like a lot of the speculation this week is that maybe Smallbone might get in ahead of Jason Knight I'd be very surprised if he didn't stick with Cullen Malumby Knight in midfield uh, maybe he looks at Darrow Shea at the back and thinks you haven't played since the France game at all and as much as we brought you up to speed you're just not quite sharp enough for a game like this and he brings in Darrell Lennon who of course had the advantage of staying on for the playoffs and has played a lot of football and didn't do anything wrong in the games he played this time last year so there's a couple of little things but the big the big intrigue is what he does up alongside Ferguson mm. um, Graham on YouTube very bullish the Dutch are in rag order the Ireland team if they keep up the intensity <laughs> like the French match they can beat Holland um, then you've got the slightly less positive approach does well, Kenny keep his job Nathan if Ireland don't get out of the group here we are uh, oh, the referendum well, 24 hours out of every game we play so like this game keeps being built up as a decisive game but is it decisive in terms of his future I don't think unless Ireland were to be on the receiving end of a severe beating tomorrow night that they would change Kenny right now I think tomorrow night is probably the most important game in terms of the public opinion on this that France again is another step forward even with the defeat Ireland played well were organised had their moments were very unlucky not to get the draw but they've had those moments time and time again 
time and time again since Kenny started and they've never been able to kick on in the next game and that's what they need to do here they need some sort of a positive result because if Ireland aren't finishing in the top two it's just going to be this long drawn out willy wonty should they get rid ahead of a playoff if Ireland get there and remember we won't know that I suspect until the last night of the campaign with the way it's all going to work out and then are you going to do what we did the last time which is change manager and their first game in charge will be a playoff for the Euro finals so I, I, I'm less sure than I've ever been probably about what happens tomorrow night if Ireland don't win with Kenny's future um, I think it's the manner of it again like you can play well and be unlucky and lose uh, or you can go and stink the joint out and be well beaten tomorrow night and then I think the wheels could come off it quite quickly ahead of Gibraltar and I feel as you said Will these international windows tend to creep up on us there's an obsession with club football and then by Tuesday we will be debating everything that's gone on in Irish football for the last 20 years and when we can get this 850 million that the FAI are looking for in as quickly as possible hmm. Dave in Dublin on 53106 speaking my language can't wait to hear the Ashes preview have any of you watched the test on Amazon amazing docuseries about the Australian cricket team incredible access I have watched I think one episode of it so far it was pretty good I'm kind of in the mood maybe to watch it now with the Ashes coming around tomorrow I, I Nathan, I will assume, has not watched this series. Richie, have you watched it? Not yet, although I will say I have uh, Gideon Haig's book on the Ashes on order uh, at the moment, so I'm waiting for that to, to land my way. Um, anybody who's never read any of Gideon Haig's writing, particularly his book on Warren, uh, which is funny enough, but Shane Warren, um, it's a magnificent piece of writing, probably my favourite sports book ever, and uh, I'm dying to see what he's managed to write about 100 plus years of the Ashes because, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant spectacle, always is. And Why, why have I not watched this, Will? Why have I not watched this? All right, shock me then. Go on, tell me you've watched it from no, start to finish. I, and you I, love I, might, I might watch it, but I, I do like my cricket. <laughs> well, go on. I didn't. I actually didn't know you were into cricket at all. So go on. I spend man. Well, I'm, I'd imagine I'm like most people around the country that uh, long yeah. summers with very few channels uh, meant that when there was cricket on and the rain started, you were watching it for five six hours. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Tony Lewis, TV. Jeff Boycott, Richie Bell, all the greats. And then I entered a nice stage around 2005 where I think I must have had nothing to do for a summer and just found myself watching every minute of it. So. Wow, the 2005 is like a classic series as well. It's a good one to be obsessed yeah. about. Yeah. You learn something and new about each other every day. Um, Richie, some decent football outside. We're talking about Ireland and Greece. Italy and Spain's got to be decent. <laughs> Yeah, Italy playing Spain tonight in Enschede in the second Nations League semi-final kickoff at 7.45. The winners will play Croatia on Sunday. Also the first round of the US Open tonight. Will Seamus Power has just birdied the 10th to move to one under par. He's playing alongside the Belfast amateur Matt McLean who's won over par. They both have eight to play this evening. Shane Larry had a topsy-turvy front nine. He's now level par with five holes remaining. It will be just before 9pm when Padraig Harrington goes out and 5 to 10 by the time Rory McIlroy tees off Irish time you've got to love West Coast majors uh, Ricky Fowler is the man who leads out on course the American is four under par he is a shot clear of both Xander Shoffley and their fellow American Jacob Solomon uh, Nathan I got to hear from your golf weekly colleague Joe Malloy earlier today and he thinks again Scotty Scheffler should be up there if it wasn't for his putting and he was kind of thinking this is probably going to come between three or four different players he thinks Brooks uh, can carry the form not uh, despite not having played last week and generally 
that's a good omen for him ahead of majors who do you like this week well, the post-top three of Kepka, Ram, and Scheffler, it's very hard to look past them. It was funny watching John Ram's press conference where he's been asked, you know, can you get back to where you were at the Masters? And Ram had this bemused look of, that was two months ago. That was two months ago. I just won a major. Uh, I'm not that far away. Uh, Ram is probably a bit streakier than the other two. That's a course like this where it's funny, you look at some of the players who are struggling already would be some of the more hot-headed players who mightn't have the patience for a course like this. Uh, and Ram could at times fall into this category, but he loves Southern California. He loves, he won his US Open in California. I, I'm with Joe. We spoke for about an hour on this on Golf Weekly yesterday. Like what Scotty Scheffler is doing with every part of his game is otherworldly right now, except for his putting. And like there's never been anything like this where you have somebody who's leading tee to green approach around the green. And his last tournament was literally last in the putting stats. So all he needs to actually do is be average with his putting and he's been messing around with his putter he's been trying to do things it doesn't seem to have gone got very down on himself so if Scheffler turns up and plays anything like that I think Scheffler's a great chance uh, I like and you're yeah, I don't say this for every major I think this sort of quirky new course might suit a Jordan speed oh. look you got to meet your hero last year so like it's like I know and he's done very little since then he's done very little he's been the magic is somewhat gone uh, from speed he's, he's been there thereabouts he's having a very solid year but actually I do think that this sort of course um, where a lot of creativity there'll be a lot of bad bounces everyone's going to have a lot of bad luck that actually the form he's shown might just stick with him and maybe he can be in the mix and it's always more exciting uh, when speed is in the mix but if Chef, as I say I think if Sheffield turns up Sheffield wins this check out Golf Weekly on Patreon for more insights from the Golf Weekly crew just before we go Richie uh, we're going to be talking mm. to John Giles about this in a few minutes one of his uh, former Leeds teammates Gordon McQueen has passed away today yeah the former Leeds Manchester United and Scotland defender dying at the age of 70 he had been diagnosed with vascular dementia in February of 2021 with his family saying at the time that it was linked to persistent heading of the football McQueen was part of that famous Leeds side that won the league in 74 he was an FA Cup winner later in his career with Manchester United he also won 30 caps for his country some of those alongside Lou McCarry who says McQueen was a great teammate well I was 11 years at Old Trafford and the best time in my 11 years there was when Gordon was there because Gordon was the life and soul of the party he kept everyone entertained he was so funny it was worth being in his company let's say Nathan enjoy the best of what Athens can bring in nightlife oh. before tomorrow night these are dangerous times when you know in my head it's half seven in the evening but it's half nine over here and things are just about to kick off so it could be a long evening ahead well, just researching the thoughts of the Irish supporters there you go yes we're for OTBM tomorrow Richie talk to you again soon nice and that's